Welcome to Habit Masters. I'm Jeff. I'm Sheldon. And today is part two of our summer quotathon. <laughs> it's more like a sprint. It's more like a sprint, right? It's more like a sprint. We are loving the summer, but it's also brought with it a lot of changes to routine because kids are out of school, vacations are happening. Yes, so you guys get it. But we do want to share with you some of our favorite quotes. If you loved last week's episode, I think you're going to love today's. So Sheldon and I are going to keep sharing, because we had so much fun last time, our favorite quotes and what they mean to us and how they've impacted us in our lives. Sheldon, you want to kick us off today? Okay. This is by Jeff Bezos. If you never want to be criticized, for goodness sake, don't do anything new. (laughs) That in itself is a good takeaway, right? I heard something the other day that was kind of similar from Ben Hardy talking about feedback and how important feedback is in creating content in taking your work to the next level, making sure that you have a feedback loop. He's like, there's no risk with feedback if you don't have to be right. Yeah. Like when you stop having to be right, there's no risk in sending out your stuff for feedback. And I think that's kind of the same thing. It's like when you realize doing something new is going to be hard, it might, you might, it might fail miserably. You might look foolish and you're okay with that, that's a beautiful place to be. I mean, most of us, uh, how often do we not do things because we know we're not going to be good at it? I think as children, it's like ingrained. It's just, they're not good at anything. That's part of life. It's like the part of life. It's like you have to try and practice at everything. So they're not afraid of failure. They're not afraid of trying new things because that's just existence for them. But as we get older, we don't like to not look competent or heaven forbid, stupid. You know what I mean? We don't yeah. like to not be good at stuff. And so we, no, I'm not even going to try that. Like I'm not even going <laughs> to. Well, it's funny attempt. you should say that because we have, so at our store in our hiring process, we ask kind of a funny question that's just meant to see like people's approach to problem solving, right? Yeah. It's meant to be a difficult question on purpose just to see how they approach it. Are they even willing to try it? What do they Ooh, do? Ask me the question, Jeff. So the question is, on an analog clock, what is the difference in degrees between the hour hand and the minute hand at 3.15? By the way, it's not a trick question. (laughs) I will start with that. So what is the difference in degrees between the minute hand and the hour hand at 3.15? 90 degrees. It's not 90 degrees. Because 3.15 is, in essence, they would be Oh, 315. Yes, 315. Oh, because it's the three and the 15. Got it. But some minutes have passed. So a lot of people guess zero because they're like, oh, it's 315. So that same spot. But the hour hand has moved, right? That's true. So you, I'll let you stew on that. But that's the question we ask. And the point of the, and what I get sometimes is people just be like, I don't know. And that's a clear sign to me that we shouldn't hire you. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, we're not going to hire you then because if See. you're not even willing to try and fail, then of course I'm not going to hire you because the whole job is learning something new that you haven't done before. It is so think, one fourth of 30 degrees. Yes, you're exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which would be, I don't know, is that 8.25? I'm not sure. Seven and a half degrees. Seven and a half degrees. I only know because I've done it a million times. Yes. Right. Because most people don't think in like geometry and right. Unless you've done a lot of math in your life. So anyways, but it's a fun question to ask and people approach it all different ways, right? They're like, 
start out like counting the hours and like, and how did you figure it out, Sheldon? Well, it's funny because I was thinking, I thought you were saying the difference between three and 315, actually. Yeah. So no, that's fine. <laughs> but the, the three o'clock and the end hour, yeah. Obviously, I just took the 90 degrees, which would be the three hours. And it's like a third of that, which would be 30 degrees, is like the difference between one hour to the next hour. Yes. And 15 minutes is one fourth of that time slot. So yep. one fourth of the 30 degrees. Exactly. So half of a half, right? So you have 15 degrees, half of 15, seven and a half. Anyway, so it's... Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, most it is most people guess around like eight or something when they're getting there like you just did, right? It's like, that's a very common answer. It's like, is it like eight or seven and something? And it's like, yeah, it's close. But it is a, an interesting question because a lot of people don't think about that kind of stuff. So it takes them off guard because they don't expect it in an interview. Right? Yeah. They're like, what am I, applying for Google or what's going on? But it's been, it's really interesting to see how people approach it. And when people say like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, well, of course you don't know. That's why I'm asking you the question to try and solve it. Like, how well would you, how would you approach the problem? So it's actually one that came down from our founder. So it's like the same question we've been asking for years. But it's not really to see how smart they are at math. It's really to see how they approach a problem and whether they are like willing to try. And yeah. I think that's well, a great people part. People just saw in my that. incorrect answers multiple times on air. So. Hey, I thought, but you were willing to try and fail, right? And and, get, and I like that you stuck it out until you got to the end. That was good. <laughs> but I like, this goes right along with that. Here's the next quote. Yeah. It's, it's from Epictetus, ancient philosopher. Who then is invincible? The one who cannot be upset by anything that is outside his reasoned choice. I think it goes in a similar line. Like, when you're willing to fail and look silly and you know that anything external outside of you is outside your control, there's so much freedom in that. And that's a lesson that I've been learning over the last two years is when I stop focusing on things I can't control, my life is much more peaceful. I focus only on what I can choose and what I can do. This is thousands of years ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> Who then is invincible? It really makes you invincible. Focusing only on what you can control and what you choose. What's the quote that we, we this is a habit master's quote about what other people think about you. Oh, yes. We just came up with this today, guys. So it's brilliant, right? Uh, <laughs> it goes right along with this. It says, others will see you as they see you, not as you really are. We see the world as we are, not as it is. And the exact same is true. Other people will see us more how they are and how they see us, not how we really are, right? Like nobody yeah. really sees us of how we really are. And so, so why do we try and control it so much? I don't know. But it, when you finally free yourself from that, it is a burden lifted you didn't know was there. It's beautiful. So one lesson you can take away from today is you can't control what anybody else thinks about you. And once you accept that and make peace with it, you become invincible. Okay. This quote goes along perfectly with that one. This is by a David A. Bednar. He says, as sons and daughters of God, we have been blessed with the gift of agency, the capacity for independent action and choice, and endowed with agency, meaning the ability to act. We primarily are to act and not just be acted upon. To believe that someone or something can make us feel offended, angry, hurt, or bitter diminishes 
our agency and transforms us into objects to be acted upon. As agents, however, you and I have the power to act and to choose how we will respond to an offensive or hurtful situation. It's beautiful. I just trying to teach this, trying to learn it myself, but also teach it to my children. He did this. She did that. Right. It's like, I made me said this and I'm like, no, (laughs) it's never goes over well. I don't know how to do this well yet. Right. You're choosing to be offended. You're choosing to get angry about what he said. You know what I mean? I know he's irritating. (laughs) (laughs) But do you really want to hand him your emotions? Here you go. You have full control over how I feel and what I do. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, no. Exactly right. (laughs) Well, and it's funny because I don't know that it has to go over well. Some of the time, and I'll say this, is like I've been trying to teach my kids certain lessons that I've been learning and things that I'm trying to change about the way I think and just the words I use because words are so powerful, right? The way we speak actually represents in so many ways the way that we're thinking. And the way that we're thinking is in large part controlling our life. But I I don't think it has to be perfect because initially it's just repetitiveness. It's like repeating to them over and over again, here's the thing that, hey, that's a poor mindset. It's not actually helping you. It's, in fact, captivating you and holding you hostage to what other people want, essentially. And uh, so just by reminding them of that over and over again, later down the road, they'll be like, oh yeah, my dad always used to be like, oh, is she making you feel angry or are you just deciding to feel angry? <laughs> <laughs> and I think about my parents, even what they things that they would say to me when I was younger. And I wish I could remember a lot of them. I know I love people who are like, my mom always used to say, and they'll bust out some comment. And you're like, wow, that's impressive that you can remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but I probably remember the lessons and live them, right? Like they impacted me in a way where now I live or think differently because of the things they kept saying or teaching me. So. Absolutely. There is another one in here that I love. And I think it it doesn't go along with what we've just been talking about, kind of changing gears just a little bit. This is from President Eisenhower, Dwight D. Eisenhower. He says, I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent aren't important, and the important are never urgent. I love that quote. Because I think we focus so much on problems. And I think this kind of goes back, Sheldon and I have been talking a lot about the our lives being controlled by 80% of the things that we really don't want. And that we focus most of our time on doing things that we don't necessarily want to do. And we'll have another episode about this because I can't go into it today. But is right back to the approach and avoid. It's like most of the things we're doing in life are to avoid some negative outcome. But if we shift our focus to approaching things we want, if we can change and put the majority of our time into things that we want to do, like, wow, it creates so much freedom and peace in our lives. And I like, I think this kind of fits that. It's like I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent aren't important and the important are never urgent. And it's like, that's seems awfully true and why we can get caught up so much in avoiding things and in the defense of life and in the busy work of life because it all seems urgent. Unfortunately, very few of those things are important. So it's not moving us forward like we would want it to. Yeah. Jeff and I had talked about this for like an hour and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Too many thoughts to share right now, my friends. Yes. Last one. Okay. 
tell me sufficiently why I think should be done, and I will move heaven and earth to do it. Again, it's going. It's like convincing hearts and minds. You know what I mean? You have to paint a better picture of possibilities of what it could be, not just argue <laughs> why I'm right and you're wrong, right? Well, and I think that goes right along with the previous one where it's like approach and avoid. When you tell me sufficiently why I should approach something, and we used an example a little bit earlier and I won't go too much in depth, but what clarified approach and avoid for me so much was this idea that imagine you're digging a hole whether you're digging that hole to fix a leak, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. under, like in a pipe, right? That's like, ah, crap, I'm avoiding the flood that could ensue in my house. Or am I digging this hole because I know there's a buried treasure there? It's like, that is, oh, great. Like <laughs> the energy and focus, it changes completely from mm-hmm. one to the other. The same task, digging the hole, maybe it's the same depth and everything. But like you just said, right? You'll move heaven and earth to get to that buried treasure if you know it's there. And maybe to avoid the flood. <laughs> but one is much more peaceful and freeing than the other, right? True. And from the outside, this is kind of, I think, a subtle, profound thing. From the outside, you can't really tell a lot of the time because it's just somebody digging, <laughs> right? So you can't always judge others by the actions, but the motivation behind it is the difference between night and day. This is a great great one to finish it off. It's by Francis Chan. He says, Our greatest fear should not be of failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. Yikes. (laughs) So maybe maybe the theme of today is how can you spend more time on the things that really do matter, that are important, <laughs> and that aren't urgent? As Peter Drucker's, there's nothing so so pointless as doing something efficiently that shouldn't have been done at all. <laughs> <laughs> Say it one more time, Jeff. I don't think I'd heard of that version of it before. Share okay. it again. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. It's climbing to the top of the ladder to realize it's leaning against the wrong wall your relationships, the things that really matter in life, you haven't spent time cultivating that, but other things. Okay, now we'll do one more because it stood out to me. (laughs) To leave you on a real positive note here, is uh, this is Albert Einstein. He says, try not to become a man of success, but rather try to become a man of value. He is considered successful in our day who gets more out of life than he puts in, but a man of value will give more than he receives. Words to live by, friends. <laughs> Don't know why I did that <laughs> accent, but words to live by. And Sheldon and I were actually talking about that earlier, too. It's like not doing it with the intent of getting something, but doing it with the intent of adding value and giving more than we've received. And we've all received a lot, especially if you listen to this podcast. You want to finish us off today, Sheldon? I hope a few of these quotes were useful to you. Please share your quotes, your favorite quotes with us, so that we can then pass them along as well. Yeah, we didn't get a guest quote from our last episode yet. I mean, it's only been a few days, so we don't (laughs) don't anticipate people responding immediately. But if you hear this and you have a great quote you want to share with us, we will share it on a future episode throughout the summer. 
Not all summer, but we'll probably do this once or twice more. Yeah. Yeah. All so No, yeah. We won't do the quote-a-thon. We'll just be like adding a quote here or there throughout. Yeah. Yes, exactly. From a guest. Also, guys, we have a newsletter. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's called Magic Monday. It's going to come with some golden nuggets every week to kick off your week with some inspiration. Check it out. It's only a two-minute read. Free, of course. And we won't spam you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have a wonderful week. We love you. Yeah, it's time to start living your best life.